You're listening to the Type 1 Run Podcast. Leave no ones behind. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 16 of the show. Today the show is a Boston Marathon special. All four runners from Team Type 1 are on the show. We've got Benny Madrigal, Stephen England, Louise Alzade, and Casey Schwink. I was super fortunate to get to talk to these guys actually earlier this morning, so Sunday before the race. And it was just super awesome getting the inside perspective of these incredible type one runners as they take on, you know, one of the most famous running events in history, the Boston Marathon. But before we get started, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Ingrid Lynch, the Cape Town type one run chapter leader. Ingrid recently took 26 seconds off of her 5k PR at a race in Cape Town, South Africa. Huge shout out to Ingrid. Thank you, Ingrid, and to everyone who's using hashtag Type 1 Run. And without further ado, here's my Boston Marathon pre-race interview with Benny, Stephen, Louise, and Casey. How are you guys? We're good. There's a 4 out of 5 here. Let everyone say hi. What's up, John? This is Benny. Hope you're doing good. Hey, John. It's Casey. How's it going? Hi, John. Luis, Argentina. <laughs> so what's the weather like in boston right now because i haven't even looked <clears throat> awesome well you'll be jealous we just ran in a snowstorm i mean i can't i can't call it a snowstorm we ran we, we ran in snow oh, just man. now for a shakeout it's, and we're just laughing and then, and then we had like a headwind and it was crazy yeah so it was crappy what's the uh, what's the it's, forecast for tomorrow supposed to be even better just checked it out ready for this yeah Ten, uh, it, it rains from noon today all the way through the start and onwards probably. So at 10 a.m. when I think we we go, it's fill, it's, it's 40 degrees, uh, real fill with the wind chill, 25, um, 100% chance of rain. So there's <laughs> but there's no risk of them canceling, is it? Uh, I doubt no, they're going to cancel. No, never, no. Man, that sucks. I feel for you guys. Okay. It's a it's a lot of people that come out and yeah I don't think they're I, I think it's it's crappy but it's not impossible so I think that that's the thing it's a lot of people are out here they're still checking in we've gone to the expo yesterday today is jam packed so uh, everybody's just trying to figure out what's the best clothing to wear man what was at the expo like where did you spend most of your time at the expo what was there. Yeah, like where did you guys end up sitting? Like which booth was the most interesting for you guys? The exit door. <laughs> we, we were we haven't spent too much time there, but uh, I mean the noon booth always has a bunch of flavors out there for you to try. We're fans of noon, so um, there's a little bit of everything. I mean the gear that you get from the Adidas uh, official sponsor there, it's it's cool. A little bright for me on the main jacket, but. I think we're going to go back this afternoon because we were thinking about doing Red Sox, and that's obviously ridiculous. Then we thought about going to a Celtics game, which is just like, it's too much of a distraction from why we're here. So I think we're going to go back to the Expo just for like an hour because we're, we're staying in Airbnb. It's so close. It's so easy. Yeah. And uh, we'll just spend a bit more time there. It's going to be a bit crazy, but we'll just take our time, see, see some friends, you know, go to a few booths and a few sponsors and stuff and say hi. It's It's interesting that you said that you're focusing on why you guys are there because that leads me into my biggest question that I had for you guys was going to be goals. And so now, obviously, you're having to adjust those goals because of the weather. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you blaze it regardless, you know, of the environment. So 
if you could, y'all can walk through one on one. I'm curious as to like what your goal is for the race tomorrow, and then if you're having to adjust it at all based on, you know, the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Stairs Uh, yeah, definitely. It's a, I'm more. I'm adjusting my expectation. Um, don't really like to call it a goal so much uh, at this point of the year. Um, I was expecting to be around a three-hour marathon, but given conditions, I'll you know kind of see how the race starts. And that's a great question to ask me at about mile fourteen. I'll give you a much better answer. <laughs> well, if you want, you can call me at mile fourteen. I'll answer. All right, sure thing. <laughs> yeah, and we could do a we'll do a live update from the Boston course. Yeah, distraction from the race. Uh, but yeah, I just want to get out there, embrace it, enjoy the day, enjoy the opportunity that I have, and uh, hopefully make some people proud and inspire inspire people the way I want to. Anyways, yeah. <clears throat> Here's a very detailed question. And any of you guys can answer this. I worry about when I run in cold weather, like my CGM, like messing up. Cause I feel like the colder mine gets the least accurate that it is. And when it's raining, I feel like it can get inaccurate as well. Especially like in the pool, like if you jump in and jump out sometimes like, I don't know, maybe water gets under it or something messes it all up. Do you guys even worry about that? Or am I just the only weirdo that worries about their CGM wigging out on them? I think we're we're all concerned, uh, but we we've already trained and built up for almost any condition because uh, I think throughout the U.S. this year it's been uh, just a strange winter, a lot of rain, uh, more rain in California than, than what we're used to. Uh, so we've kind of just make adjustments, and uh, at least we have some workouts to go back to and kind of compare. Um, but we we have Luis here. Um, if you want to go over his goal, and I can, I can translate, uh, he's coming from Argentina. Oh yeah, very pumped. He's very pumped. So, um, is there a specific question you want him to answer, or just talk yeah, about no, what his plan just, is? Yeah, same thing. What what his goals are, and kind of how he would have to adjust for, you know, the weather. ¿Cuál es tu meta y cómo te vas a ajustar para la temperatura? Mi meta tiempo tiempo o lo que vas a hacer el día y tiempo eh, mi meta sería 2 horas 45 pero todo se va definiendo la carrera go is uh, the 245 but he says everything's kind of going to be defined by um, the start the, and then how those things how miles work out the first first couple uh, minutes there y con el frío no estoy acostumbrado al frío ya que en Tucumán hacen 40 grados de calor, ¿no? Donde, donde vivo yo y, y voy a ver si es que puedo soportar el frío, ¿no? Porque ni, con, ni el abrigo me, me cubre. So he's, he, we've experienced uh, seeing him here. We've been with him uh, for a few days and he just says that he's not used to the, the cold at all. He says in Argentina, uh, it's very warm right now and that he hasn't trained in cold at all. So he's... He just uh, hopes to adapt well yeah. and uh, and survive the cold because I mean he's definitely not used to it. Yeah, I feel like that would hurt my throat. See, see if he's going to be worried about his throat at all because but I know my first run like of a cold season, I always come back like coughing and my throat hurts depending on how hard I run. 
¿Estás preocupado de la garganta o de algo? No, no, no. Eh, <risa> eh, lo único que sí estoy preocupado es de... de de no sentir el frío en la carrera, es único, nada más. His uh, main, main worry is about staying warm on the course. Like, he really does not want to feel the cold. He's not a big fan of it. <laughs> But he, he definitely has a good attitude moving forward. And it's been nice to hang out around him because it's contagious. Like, he's just super pumped. And just yeah. been, you know, he has a little song about Boston right now. He just He's ready. Uh, Steven called him Rocky earlier. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when we ran, we ran to the expo just now briefly, just to do a couple of small things, and um, yeah, Luis was doing a really good impression of Rocky, but not in Philadelphia, obviously in Boston, with his hoodie <laughs> up and doing a few boxing swings. Pretty, pretty entertaining. Yeah. So to give everyone perspective, is Luis on a pump or is he on pens? He's on pens. On pens. Are all of you guys on pens? I don't know if you all want to share that, but. People like to know. I'm the only one not. Uh, these three guys are all pan. Um, I think maybe we had discussed it before, John. Wait, but didn't you used to be on pants? I used to be for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But I've been type one for a long time, I guess. So um, <laughs> I've been on a pump for I think 2013 before Western States. Was okay. the year. Yeah, so so almost almost five years on a pump, and I love it. Yeah, I love being on the pump. Pump yeah. and CGM my combo yeah but that takes us back to how it's super individualized right like uh steven has a good plan with that and um i feel comfortable with pants casey and i'm on injections and i don't have a cgm um that's what i've always done since i was diagnosed and you know if it ain't broke don't fix it it's working well for me that's different for everyone So I don't have your story, Casey. When were when were you diagnosed type one, and were you a runner at the time? Uh, yes, I started running back in middle school. Uh, I was diagnosed my freshman year of high school, so that was about yeah, eleven, twelve years ago or something. It, so I can't imagine having to take a pump through like the colds and the wet, <laughs> just because I've gotten so used to pins now, and it's just so streamlined and easy and seamless. And then, like, the pump, you're, like, worried about the string and everything. Like, does that worry you at all, Stephen, tomorrow, like, having to deal with the pump through the elements? Well, I made a little change last year without giving too much away talking brands, but I'm, I'm, now, I'm now tubeless pumping. So, uh, uh, <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, I'm, I've, uh, I really enjoy just having, you know, having two, two things attached to me, uh, change, changing them every few days and just moving them around, you know, different parts of my stomach and my triceps. And I, I love, I love that aspect of still being on a pump, but not ha not having the tube. So, and like I said before, like being concerned about the weather and stuff, well, we are a bit, but not really, because I mean, in terms of like, is anything going to fall off? I guess I'm saying like, I mean, we, we yeah. put like a, strong skin adhesive on there we may put like a band-aid over the top you know, okay maybe, that, yeah that's kind of what i was alluding to is that <clears throat> it's like when you have that pump site in the elements you're just more so i think i was would always worry about mine being messed up you know or messing it up or it getting cold and you know falling off or i don't know but uh, you're I, way you're way more Steven experienced than so I'm much anyway. what's that <laughs> It, it survived Steven's uh, sweat in the summer, so I, 
it's gonna survive a, he's, a little bit of he's rain. He's comparing me to you, John, and our and our and our sweat our sweat loss ratio. But but luckily tomorrow it'll just be rain. <laughs> oh, mine's terrible. Mine's yeah, terrible, and it, I've always been a heavy sweater, but it was worse right before I got diagnosed, and it was. But but it wasn't worse enough that people were like, you're too sweaty. I've always been a heavy sweater. Like, I'd run six miles in college, and it would look like I just ran into a swimming pool. People would be like, oh, you're so sweaty. And so last year when I got diagnosed, people were like, you're impossibly sweaty. Because I would run. I was training for a 50-miler, and people were like, you're impossibly sweaty. Because halfway through a 10-mile run, I'd have to stop and change my shoes and socks because they were so saturated in sweat. <laughs> um, but then it made sense because I got diagnosed type 1. But... So if you're that sweaty, I'd, I'd be impressed with that. We should have a sweat off. Oh, wow. How you do it is you both go for an hour run. You weigh beforehand and we weigh after and then we can check this out. Oh, well, so I know for a fact right before I got diagnosed, one time in one workout, I lost eight pounds. Uh, we should go <laughs> but it was like that was probably like maybe a week or two before I got diagnosed. Maybe not even. Terrible. <laughs> So we're we're so uh, tomorrow we're gonna be lining up. There's gonna be I believe thirty two thousand people that are registered this year. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe just under. But um, I think the attitude we're taking in is like you you think it'd be crazy like if one person shows up to the line and like it's ready for the elements and I doubt that that's gonna happen. I mean I believe that those that are here are gonna show up to the line and we're out there hurting with our fellow runners. And we're we're excited. I mean, the weather's not really going to stop anybody from going and uh, taking on the challenge. So yeah. once you start, you definitely don't want to stop and, and feel the cold, right? Especially like mile 12. <laughs> it's not like a hangout. Hanging out is going to be any fun. So you just have to keep moving forward. And what we want to do is, right, our goal of uh, Team Type 1 here is to inspire, educate, and empower people affected by diabetes. Uh, we're all running with diabetes. But regardless, we're going to go out there. And take on the challenge and carry our, our positive attitude because that's really what's going to get us to the finish, right? <laughs> and it's going to get us there uh, much better than if we're thinking about how heavy the rain is or the wind or however. Because really just got to put it in perspective and say we have the opportunity, right? We, we all qualified. We have the opportunity to come to the Boston Marathon and just hang out with a family of runners, thousands of people. The weather's the same for everybody. Yeah, and the weather's equally fair uh, to everybody. So, Do you think it'll affect the environment at all? Because I've heard, I've never been, but I've heard the environment in Boston is insane considering, you know, it's a Monday morning, you know, and it's all day. But all day I've heard that people are just lying the streets screaming. Do you think that'll affect it? We've talked to several spectators and uh, people that are here to support and they're all keeping their plans. They're all saying they're going to be out at certain miles, and I, I doubt. But um, Stephen's been around here quite a bit. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been doing Boston for a number of years, and I've seen crazy hot. I've seen I've seen a downpour in I think it was fifteen. So um, I think you're going to get you you will you will get a little um, less spectator spectator support than. On a nice day, that's just how it how it goes. But the people, like Benny said, uh, here with their with their plus one or with you know just family supporting and people that were going to go to the 
Red Sox game anyway, or Boston College people, Wellesley girls, all, all of that. We this, hope they're there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be there because that's what the Boston Marathon is. It's, it's, more than, it's much more than the 32,000 people. It's, it's the whole city that this, is, that this race is about, and it's, it's, a, it's a global event, and we're just so proud to be, to be here running with Team Type 1. So we're, we're hoping, we're hopeful that it's going to be crazy good support, lots of umbrellas, but really loud noise, and helping us get to the finish line uh, as quick as we can. To Stephen, what is your goal? Because um, I think you're the only person that didn't get to talk about that. Uh, I think Benny, too, but oh, Benny's yeah. like probably, probably sub too, but I'll skip to me. Um, I'm actually in the same corral as Luis, um, which is pretty exciting because, like Benny said, we just met him a few days ago in Boston. He's pumped to be here, even though the weather is is what it is. Um, my PR is many years ago before my ultra kind of scene kicked off and took my focus. And my training's been good. Um, had a race for 25k in early March, and that gave me some real confidence to. Just to go for it, really. I'm just gonna just gonna go for go for a PR. I'm just gonna really try and believe and go for the 244.59. So that means me and Lewis will hopefully run together for you know we'll get going together and hopefully we can work together throughout most of the race. Um, like we've kind of said, if the weather is crazy with the wind and we have to adjust a little bit, it's just like diabetes. I think it's just like adjusting your blood glucose levels, like it's. Do you, you take carbs because you're low? Do you take insulin because you're high? It's just the same with pacing. Like if it's if it's not working out, you have to a bit so you crawl up halfway hill and then kind of roll down it. Um, but yeah, I'm go, I'm I'm going for it basically, and I'm gonna and if and if I hit it or not, I, I I'm gonna really enjoy this one and remember why why I'm here and the, the bigger reason I'm doing it is to inspire everyone uh, 35 diabetes. Yeah, and I missed it. But what did you say your your PR was? Two forty five flat. Uh, it's no, it's too high. Um, two forty five fifty eight for Marine Corps. After, okay. if you know the Marine Corps course, I had to sprint up that hit at the end, um, and like dive over the line to go to go under you know, to get under two forty six, basically. Yeah, so that was a that was a pretty cool, pretty experience. Yeah. So I'm going to quiz you only because I'm I'm too lazy to look it up. But what what's going to be your average pace that you're looking for? Like, what's your goal pace? So two forty five. Um, I think uh, I need to look at myself to be exact. But I think <laughs> I've got to hit six eighteens. Yeah. Um, I I got some real advice from a friend that's run Boston twenty two times straight, and I ran with him this week, and he told me. The mile one um, elevation drop of 150 feet is is the equivalent of the whole drop for the whole race, meaning that that first mile is so so far. People are always told to like you know take your time, don't don't go down it. He told me the opposite. He told me just just let it happen, run a run a six minute mile, um, and then you actually he believes in positive splitting the course, so you run we'll probably run like six fifteens up to like mile. 16 and then we'll be just because of the hills coming into play the four big hills of newton hills we'll probably be running 621s for the rest and that would that would be the magic goal of 244.59 
I've yeah. had a couple of shake out before I try and do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think Stephen Sazan, that's uh is the pace he's gonna get him to the two forty five. Um my goal coming in here is to to really enjoy the race and and have a good experience. Uh, I want to go out there, want to get to the line and do the best I can. So I want to hit uh, five seconds on off of a six minute pace and hold that uh, hopefully the whole way. Um, so that's like I want to keep my range kind of kind of tight. Yeah. And so what did you say your goal pace, your goal um, pace and time was? So uh, the miles I want to keep doing 555 to 605 pace. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the workouts I've been doing and the races that, I, that I've built up for um, tell me that that's, that's realistic. So definitely want to set a realistic goal going in. But more than anything, I think just staying positive, uh, keeping one foot in front of the other is is going to be the trick. Especially, you know, if, if we do have to adjust, if I find myself with my heart rate, you know, in the red zone by mile 10, I'm going to have to back off. I mean, by my, any mile. Yeah. Really just going to have to make an adjustment there and um, just enjoy it. Which, so now I'm curious, what's your, what's your heart rate at if it's when it's in your red zone? So red zone, I'm above uh, 175, 180. Okay. I definitely don't too early. But uh, I guess that answers your, your mantra question. Just, uh, as long as you're moving forward and you're progressing, right? So it's like keep one foot in front of you, just keep moving. And I tell myself just keep moving often. Uh, so that's my goal and mantra, right? Just just keep moving. Um, just keep moving forward. <laughs> but I'm uh, just going to be thinking about that, thinking about all the people that are out there competing and uh, – all the people out on the, on the course because it's, it's like Steven said, it's more than just about the 32,000 runners. It's about the spirit of the marathon and uh, everybody that's going to be out there cheering us on regardless of weather. And just, it's a big party. So it's, it's, it's a big party for, for everybody out in the streets of Boston. <clears throat> Steven, Casey, Luis, if you guys want to talk about your mantras and kind of the things that, you know, you guys use to push you through races like this, you know, regardless of, you know the difficulty difficulty level. Okay, uh, ¿qué, ¿qué es algo que te que te dices para seguir moviéndote o en la carrera qué es lo que piensas o qué es lo que mi motivación más grande es pensar en mi familia, en mis amigos y en la diabetes. Te, 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 trato de tener esos tres órdenes eh, y esos tres órdenes es lo que siempre me dan fuerza después del kilómetro 30 porque anteriormente trato de ir disfrutando la carrera y pongo mi cabeza eh, con el fin de saber que en el kilómetro 30 comienza mi carrera. Y ahí ya trato de pensar todas esas cosas, mi familia, mis amigos y la diabetes. He says uh, he, he really keeps three things in focus, that's uh, his family, his friends and diabetes. Yeah. And uh, he says he, leading up to about the 30K that he... He tries to really enjoy the first 30k and set, and mentally tells himself the race, you know, race goes on at, at the 30k, and then he says from then on he keeps going back to family, friends, and diabetes, and and that's what drives him to get to that finish line. What is the word diabetes in Spanish? I, I didn't pick it. That's the only one of the three I didn't pick up. <laughs> oh, it was uh, friends, family, diabetes. So diabetes. Di- oh, yeah. It's Similar, a yeah. it's a cognizant, as they say. Yeah. Ah. 
I remember something from my Spanish class. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Casey, what about you? Yeah, mantras have been different in every race for me, um, depending on the situation. I think tomorrow going into the race, the weather is what it is, and I'm just going to keep reminding myself that I'm I'm here to enjoy the day, enjoy the race, and the weather can be what it wants to be, and I've run through worse. Yeah. Uh, through this winter, I've been living in Montana. Um, there were a lot of days where it was below zero and snowing sideways. Yeah. And tomorrow looks like it's going to be a lot better than that. So. <laughs> so you don't have like a you don't have like a one sentence mantra though that you'll say over and over again. No. Fair enough. What's in Montana? What do you do in Montana? Uh, I've been pretending to be an adult. Okay. Um, moving out now. Um, recently bought an RV that I'm going to move into. Going to go uh, live in Lake Tahoe for the summer, and then hopefully move back to Colorado next winter. Um, just kind of ever since I got out of college, been traveling around, seeing as many places as I can see, running as many cool places to run as I can. That's um, incredible. Just trying yeah. to be out there enjoying life. Where do you get your insulin from? <laughs> you just float like from pharmacy to pharmacy? Yeah. Yeah. I use pharmacies that are uh, nationwide so I can yeah. find them wherever I go. I need to learn some of that skill then because like, we're moving to Colorado you know, next month and I've never gotten insulin other than one place. You know, So I've got to like... Learn how to be an, an insulin adult, I guess, in that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a skill. Yeah. You'll figure it out, John. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so, Stephen, what about you? Surely you have a super motivational mantra that I can write down and use for the rest of my diabetes running career. Oh, well, I don't know if I do have what, you, what you're looking for, but I should touch <laughs> with what we didn't discuss last time. And I, I left it out, and I didn't really mean to, but... Um, when I first ran my, my first hundred mile in Leadville, my uncle, uh, he passed away at 60 that year, just before. So I, uh, I was raising money for his charity, which is leukemia and lymphoma. And he really shouldn't have, when he was diagnosed, he shouldn't have really been around much longer than the diagnosis, but he, he fought through and was very inspirational and positive, like that whole positivity we spoke about for seven and a half years. Wow. So every race I run, the last seven and a half miles, um, I always think of my, my Uncle Dave. Um, and I'll do that again tomorrow uh, in, in Boston. So through the, through the last couple of hills and then down the backside towards towards Bolston Street. I just think of him. And um, and also in a few hours' time, it's about to be the five-year anniversary of the Boston bombing, which I was uh, unfortunately nearby for, but not, not in harm's way. And uh, we, were, we, were, we were by that area, me and Benny, on uh, yesterday morning watching the 5K. And it's a very emotional place to, to run, to be, to be back to each year, even though I didn't know anyone or re- really none of my friends or family were affected by it per se. But it's just, it's a, it's a big deal. And um, so I'm just grateful to, to be able to do this race year in, year out, be healthy and um, so yeah, I don't know if I have a mantra for you, but I just, I think of people that are now, now unfortunately no longer with us and 
the pain I'm in at mile 20 is nothing compared to people that have lost other people that they love in their lives. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I was, I was curious if you were going to say you can't, you'll never quit because you can't quit diabetes. That was, I think, your mantra that I pulled out of your, your last interview. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still, I, I still go off that. I mean, I still, I'm, I'm, I'm super stubborn, and I refuse to quit any race I start. Um, it could go absolutely haywire tomorrow. It could go from two forty-five to five forty-five. I would, I would cross the finish line if, if that's what, if that's what had to happen. I, I wouldn't, I won't be quitting the race tomorrow. But yeah, I, I always have that as well in, in my pocket per se. Oh yeah, if you have to crawl across, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I would, I would do it crawling. Yeah, whatever. Hopefully, we won't have to swim across anyway. I might be swimming across. <laughs> what do you think is going to be the best thing about tomorrow? Is it finishing or is it starting? Because <laughs> there's a relief. There's a relief in knowing that it's just it's started. You know what I mean? Like all the build up and hype, all the training that you put into to get to the start line. Are you more excited to start or to finish? I guess maybe that's probably a better way to answer it or ask it. You know what I, I think. Uh... There's something about both. One is getting there and uh, and starting the race because then uh, you have so much things you want to check off before you get there. You get the bid pickup. Uh, we had a great dinner last night with the local JDRF, the JDRF New England chapter, and uh, it's very inspirational to hear hear from them and what they're doing. Right, they're raising so many funds to uh, find a cure and uh, make people's lives better with diabetes. So. Uh, meeting runners from, from that foundation was kind of, it's very, very inspiring, very exciting. I mean, they, they mentioned, right, diabetes is a 24-7 thing. Uh, Stephen's mantra, diabetes doesn't quit, <laughs> which I've actually heard from him and used in the past when I, when I needed it. And uh, we're not going to quit uh, the race. So from start to finish, for me, that turnaround at Boylston, it's like you're kind of home. And that stretch... Every year I've done it, going down that stretch, I'm just so, so pumped. So I, I got to say, there's no feeling like turning on Boylston and, and crossing that finish line. So yeah. I guess my, for me, the finish line is going to be just amazing. Man, I wish I could, uh, I wish I could be there to see you guys race tomorrow. I'd film it. I would love to make a film of it, but I can't run right now anyway. So I wouldn't be able to even like jog next to y'all. Yeah, you know what? Uh, we appreciate that, we, and we know that there, there's people listening, people wanting to hear how how it went for us. And I think that more more people uh, want to see us kind of crush this thing. And there's different ways to do that. And the, definitely the biggest one is by getting to that finish line. Yeah. And because uh, we came, and that's what the goal is: you come and you complete the Boston Marathon, regardless um, weather, regardless everything else that's going on. Because there's so many factors, right? As, as runners, you face injury, you, you face weather challenges, you just, you face having a busy schedule because we all work, right? We all have a job, we all are busy people, but we decide to make fitness part of our daily routine because one, just makes the, our diabetes much easier, but the other is we love it. We We love to push ourselves, we love to go after goals, we love to just... Uh, win the day right and we do that through athletics we do that through running so um it's it's just cool to come out and be on this stage because it's just, you know next to the super bowl is the second largest sporting event in the united states 
they want to get a message across about inspiring, educating, and empowering people affected by something. I think there's no better stage than Boston. Yeah. So if y'all could all individually talk about, or, so I'm visualizing you guys all wearing team type one, like singlets, but I imagine it'll probably be too cold for that. What are you guys wearing tomorrow to like be a single team? Is that, I don't know if y'all are at all. Yeah. So we got asked that last night at the event. Um, it's a really good question. And I think they were asking, so they, they would know what to wear, you know, being maybe a little bit, slower but it's not that that really means anything and we said if you're running sub three or you're running five six hours um we we kind of said that you really shouldn't be wearing too much i mean it's key to be warm so that it's, it's, it's a tight rope um but we're going to be wearing our team type one brand new uh, t-shirts um they're in navy this year uh, with a a royal blue uh, band, which is representing um, the circle of World Diabetes Day, and it says Team Type One on the front and the back. It says Diabetes, what's possible? So what's po- what's possible is our is our hashtag for the team. Um, so we're going we're going dark blue this year, and um, definitely gloves, probably a throwaway hat, and I think we're all going shorts and. Uh, but, Casey said, just going to run towards the hot showers. <laughs> By throwaway hat, you mean like a hat that you literally might throw away halfway through the race? Oh, Benny, Benny and me went shopping last night. We walked to my dog, Miles. We went to 7-Eleven. He found some really beautiful Boston baseball beanies for $5. <laughs> and they just happened to be navy and royal blue. So yeah, it, was, it was meant to be. Yeah. And so what? You'll wear it until you don't want it anymore and just chuck it to a fan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wore it today for our little shakeout in, in the snow, which was which was great. And then we'll um, we'll wear it on the bus. We're in we're in Hopkinton Village to stay warm. And uh, yeah, we'll probably toss it. I don't know who's going to get it. The lucky person, at mile six or ten, but whoever they are, yeah, that's from Team Taiwan runners. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll take it home and cuddle with it every night. Um, what are you guys eating tomorrow morning? Uh, actually, are you guys going to eat a dinner tonight as a group? We are, yeah. We're yeah. yeah, so talk to me about what you guys are going to eat because I love food and most diabetics like talking about food. <laughs> but yeah, what's it going to be? Yeah, I really like food too. Um, we haven't made a confirmed decision yet on what exactly it's going to be. Well, let's um, do it. Let's decide right now. I'll help you guys. Um, I'm, I'm, leaning towards, I'm leaning towards pizza, but I like uh, indulgent food But before I race. South Boston, you can help us right now. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife is currently researching it, um, but we'll probably go somewhere very close to where we're staying. So we're okay. going to walk to and it's probably going to rain. And um, it's probably going to be Italian, I would guess. Oh, yeah. And we'll keep, keep it very simple. Okay, so we've decided on Italian consensus in the room. I think I just said it, and it's not happening. Everyone say I agree. So now you have to decide between pasta, pizza. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, are you going to differentiate anyone, or are you guys committed to? to pizza? We're such a 
Then John will just put it all in the middle and make it like tap style and just dive in. Yeah. <laughs> just do one giant bolus and then just just eat until you've hit that amount of carbs. I think on a serious note, the key is to eat early, probably around six o'clock, have our stuff ready before we actually will get our stuff ready this afternoon and eat early and then get back and just get in bed really boring and just try and sleep because we're going to be up so early tomorrow to, to get to Boston Common and get on the buses and the day, the day begins. Yeah. What time, what time do you have to be there tomorrow morning? I think it's around 6 a.m. at Boston Common to jump on jump on the bus because we're all wave one. Um, and then we're in Hopkinton for at least an hour and a half just sitting in under tents because it's going to be uh, it's going to be kind of crazy tomorrow waiting to start. So we have loads of waterproof stuff, uh, heat blankets, uh, plastic bags for our shoes so that our feet stay dry before the gun, all these little tricks you've already We've been planning it out the last 24 hours, so yeah, it's gonna be. It's, it makes it fun. I mean, it's a great, it's a great story. Some people are kind of upset about it, and we just like we can't we can't control the weather, so we just kind of smile and get through it, and we're just gonna persevere and do our thing. Yeah. What are you gonna? So, what are y'all eating in the morning? Have you have you like planned that already, or no? Is that individual? Breakfast, I think, is uh, individual. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's it gonna be? Uh, I'm having a like a like a oatmeal little cup thing with you know you pour the boiling water in it. It's like 50 grams of carbs. Um, I got a yogurt in the fridge waiting for me. A banana, maybe a granola bar for the bus. That's enough. Yeah. I don't want to eat too early because the race is you know you have to leave the house really early, like 5:30. But the gun's not till around 10, so. It's balancing out when to eat breakfast because you're not going to get lunch until later too. So yeah. So how do you balance that with like insulin on board though? You know what I mean? Because I think most type one diabetic runners try to run with little to you know no insulin on board if possible. You know what I mean? Like remainder from a bolus. So like, mm-hmm. is that something you guys worry about tomorrow morning, or will you eat early enough to where like maybe just traces of that bolus are still around by the start point? Yeah, I mean, I, I try to eat two hours before. So I'll probably eat most of my breakfast on the bus, um, maybe actually three hours before. But, yeah, I won't, I won't have much much, much in the system to say. But what, I, what I've done for every race when it comes to race day morning, even really today, like a day out, I mean, I track my glucose pretty tight regardless. I think we all do that. Um and I know that when it comes to race day, I'm looking at CGM, I'm really tracking it hard because we're fortunate with the Boston Marathon where because of our condition, we get a medical bag on the bus. Every other runner does not. They have to just have their, they just get on the bus with their throwaways and they're wearing their kit underneath. Um, we, get to take, we get to take our, our uh, blood glucose meters with us, my pump stuff, whatever it is. So we can take a, another bag of us on the bus and we can do a final uh, blood test before dropping off in Hopkinson. Um, See, I didn't know that only you guys were able to do that. Well, there's a bunch of different, uh, you know, asthmatic test stuff. And um, I mean, it's probably an array of conditions where people have a reason they need yeah. medical 
uh, equipment um, leading up to the race. So yeah, it's not not just us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about uh, Benny, Louise, uh, Casey? What are you guys eating tomorrow morning? Uh, I'll probably have a bagel or some toast, some peanut butter. Um, I eat a lot of various different things throughout training. Uh, that way I'm not specific to one thing that I absolutely need. I can just eat whatever's around and, and I'll be good with that. Uh, there have been times uh, before marathons, if I have the opportunity to eat early enough, uh, I really like scotch eggs, which is a hard-boiled egg wrapped in sausage. It's pretty much just a ball of pure protein. Uh, Got to make sure that's three to four hours earlier. Otherwise, it sits pretty heavy in your stomach. Um, but Yeah, I'll try, I'll try to have maybe a, a Trumman's bar. It really depends on, on blood sugar, but uh, whatever I have in my system, just like None of the stuff that you, simple carbs, something that's not going to be sitting in your stomach or like beating you up later on. I just want to make sure that whatever I have, uh, I normally don't want to go to the restroom like during the race, uh, especially on a, on a cold, windy, rainy day. So, uh, just simple carbs in the morning, anything like it from so, toast to a, a fruit bar and, um, just balance out the, the blood sugar before that start. So you're not going to oh. eat an egg filled sausage ball tomorrow morning? <laughs> I will. I stay away from any kind of red meat, like even 14 hours before. Like tonight, I definitely won't be having any steak or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And Louise, what is that? Like, what do you think he'll, he'll eat tomorrow morning? Comer. ¿Qué te gusta comer por la mañana antes del maratón? Tengo ya planificado el desayuno. Siempre hago lo mismo. Tomo un vaso de té con cuatro galletas de salada. Oh, so he has a, a routine. So, uh, being from Argentina, he has a uh, yerba mate. So, so I want to drink uh, his yerba mate tea in the morning with uh, a couple saltine crackers. What? Going on. Well, he's pretty exact. He says four saltine crackers. <laughs> <laughs> and what más? Las cuatro galletas. No, my. De ahí van a la carrera. Ya voy planificando los peles. Lo voy dividiendo cada 40 minutos. Oh, and then he just has a strategy plan on uh, how, how, like. On gels, how he'll be taking them throughout the race. So he'll be very light in the morning. Uh, definitely get his 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 matis, his tea, and uh, yeah, to start with he want, he doesn't want to have a lot in his system. Correcto. No, no tienes tanto en el sistema las cuatro galletas y el y lo que And then he'll have his gels ready. He he likes to take them um, almost every like forty minutes. So I get that's what he plans during his workout. So I think he just wants to keep it very consistent. Yeah, wait, so going back to the tea and crackers, does he cover for that? Or is that like, that's a free breakfast in terms of bolus? Eh, aumentar tres dosis más de las que me vengo poniendo para el día que el día anterior no me ponga insulina durante la mañana. Uh, so uh, his strategy and again, um, right? Every, every, it's very independent, but he says he likes to increase his long acting so he doesn't have to take any fast acting, and yeah. then um, then he'll correct with with gels, 
it says it's better to correct with that than to something that's, else. But yeah, uh, that's smart. So, um, not taking a, a bolus or um, two cover for that morning. Yeah, four crackers. <laughs> What is that? Do you guys all have? I'm guessing you guys all have different like nutrition plans for tomorrow. You're not all using the same gels, but is that the consensus against all of you guys, or are y'all going to be eating like real food tomorrow, or you know, energy blocks? Okay, uh, I'm I'm going to grab. Uh, I'm going to use Honey Singer gels. Um, been using them for years, and so I know what I'm taking. Just a just a standard honey flavor. I got probably four of them. I got a great, I got great running shorts that have many pockets for diabetes. So I have uh, four gels, CGM in the pockets, and kind of like Louis, so I'll, uh, I try and do one around every forty-five minutes. Um, again, depends on what my, what my starting number is, or my last, my last blood reading in in Hopkinton before we leave, we leave the medical bags, and then we have the Gatorade and the water on the course. And I normally do Gatorade every every even mile. And the way they pour it, you never know what you're going to get. You might get like a full cup. You might get a drip. You might, yeah. might not get a cup. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, it just depends. If you know, if things are if if the arrow is going slightly down, then I'm not shy to take two or three cups at the at the stop and and just keep keep going. So that's how I've always run marathons, and I found them. Uh, far easier to manage, not that they're easy, but far easier to control sugars in uh, 26.2 miles than anything longer. And I've, I've always been, um, one of the highlights for me, kind of going back to that question about tomorrow, I think one of the highlights for me is to get back to my bag and do a blood glucose reading, and if it's around 100, that's that's as, as satisfying as, as my finish time. <laughs> <laughs> lost thing at 100 because it makes me feel like I've done a really awesome job with my management yeah and then I mean, let's say you did hit 100 right after the race are you worrying about like skyrocketing from there or are you normally pretty level afterwards yeah no definitely um I definitely go I definitely could go up I mean I, my, my body probably tries to push it but I get rid of my temp basil immediately um I, I want to eat something just because of what we've just gone through at the same time, I need to make sure I'm taking enough insulin on board to to cover the the carbs and to cover the the potential spike. So I can be somewhat aggressive with that. Um, so I've probably got a space in my short still. Yeah. <laughs> my plan is very similar to Stevens on the honey stingers. Uh, I try to use the same gels I've been using uh, during training. Uh, so I'll have some with caffeine, some without, and I'll carry those with me. Like uh, he said, we we have very di- diabetes friendly short to have plenty of pockets uh, to carry this stuff. So our, our plants are, are very, very similar. Yeah. Casey, what are you eating? Just uh, some protein balls or got some bacon? <laughs> You're going to pull out. Similar to nutrition before the race, I like to train with a, as much variety as possible. That way I'm not specific to one type of gel or one type of food. Yeah. Um, and in a race like Boston, you're almost within sight of a friendly spectator trying to hand you something. It might be a banana, it might be a baked potato, it might be an ice pop, yeah. a cup of hot chocolate. A beer. Um, <laughs> maybe. Um, so... I'll just kind of go out there and depending on how I feel at one point in the race, 
um, take whatever I may need. Yeah. And Louise, are you going to bring uh, your gels? I, I, that's kind of what had sparked the question as Louise was talking about his specific type of gels. Um, well, not the specific type, but was talking about the gels. So I'm curious as to which ones he uses. I don't even know which ones they have access to in Argentina. Maybe they have like whole different brands that they use. We're about to find out. Yeah, that's a good question because now we're going to have to search the bag. ¿Qué clase de gel vas a usar durante la carrera? ¿O qué clase de gel estás acostumbrado a usar? ¿La marca no importa? No importa. Lo divido en cuatro geles durante la carrera. Los primeros 40 minutos consumo uno sin cafeína, solo con glucosa. So he says he, he likes to go with uh, with goo, but he'll have a uh, first 40 minutes non-caffeinated one. El segundo que lo tomo con una sola cafeína, que es 20% de cafeína, y los otros dos geles que quedan son del 40% de cafeína. Lo trato de dividir así. So his caffeine increases as he goes along. So first one, no caffeine, and that's really what he's focused on. And then the next one will have uh, like a equal to one cup, and then the last two are just like the most caffeine you could have in a in a good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can respect that. Um, so, what else? I, I kind of want to give you guys the option to talk about anything that you guys feel is kind of helpful to anyone that you know is a type one diabetic and running the Boston Marathon tomorrow. In the off chance that they happen to hear this in the four hour window between when it drops and when they need to be on the race course. <laughs> well, I think one thing we should probably bring up that, that was really highlighted last night, which is really cool. Like we said, we were having a kind of a nice party with the JDRF New England chat. They have seven, seven tomorrow, you know, charity bids. And the, the host of, of this event and one of the main people on the board said, we're all team type one. And it was a really genuine sentence. And um, I was going to joke with you that we should probably call this episode like the Team Type 1 Run podcast. <laughs> because we're, I mean, what, what you guys are doing with, 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 with Craig in California uh, and James and on all, all those chapter leaders, um, what, what JF is doing, what ADA is doing, and what we're doing um, is it's all one big family with the same mission um, and just same desire to to inspire people and show, show what's possible. Um, so yeah, the weather's going to really stink a little bit, but that's like we said, that's, that's just, that's not, not something we're going to dwell over. We're just going to pick the right clothing and go into it with a positive, positive mental attitude. Um, just enjoy it. And, um, if you're running a type one diabetic tomorrow in Boston marathon, that's a, that's a privilege. That's an absolute honor. And, and I hope that everyone doing it enjoys every single step, uh, even though that doesn't mean that may mean their, their goal time is out the window after mile, mile 10. Um, it's much bigger than that. The reason we're all here doing it and we train so hard to be here tomorrow is much bigger than our, our goal times. Yeah, I definitely agree. I touch on that. Uh, we don't have control over the weather. We have control over ourselves. Uh, same thing, like we don't have control over uh, being diagnosed or not being diagnosed, right? But we have diabetes and we're going to do what we have control over. And that's our attitude. And it's get to that line with the best attitude we can because that's going to help us get to that finish. Just 
attitude is everything when it comes to just living your life, right, regardless of diabetes. So uh, we're going to go out there with a positive attitude and ready to kick butt. So we're going to be very always competitive, right? There's always races within the race. If somebody passes me and they're wearing, like, some kind of, like, jumpsuit or costume, I, I probably want to beat that person. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to be beat by a uh, running Elvis or a, uh, a running Spider-Man or anything like that? I, I hope not. And definitely, if anything, humble. He's not being talked by a rhino or a Calarino in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really want to just have a good time, you know, and uh, just, just show the world what's possible with, uh, with diabetes. And uh, we want to go and just just show up, have fun, and enjoy the the, par- the 26.2 party that's on the streets of Boston. So yeah. it's going to be real awesome. We appreciate you making the call. And like Stephen said, you know, we're all... Uh, the type one, uh, team type one run podcast group members. It's just a bit longer than before, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll talk to the uh, the beyond type one and the type one run guys and see. Maybe we'll just change it indefinitely. Somehow good ADA and JDRF. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, guy, thank you so much for coming on today. I'll give you back your your Sunday so that you can prep and get ready for the race tomorrow and. I'll know. I know. I'll be tuned in to all the networks that are covering it and kind of and tracking it. In in general, where do you think will be the best place to follow y'all's day? Like, are you guys going to be live updating on any sort of social media? Is it the Team Type One Instagram going to be posting stories or anything like that? Or what's up with that? I think the best thing for, for like live tracking uh, will be just to get our bibs, and we we're gonna we're gonna post that later on today. Um, okay. There's a Boston an app. Uh, or if you're at your desktop, you can just go onto the, the URL for the Boston Marathon live tracking and you can punch in our bib numbers. Um, and you can kind of, I think you can see a course map and see us like bobbing along as a, as a, as a runner down from Hopkinton to, to Boston Street, which is really cool for a Monday if you're working. Yeah. Cause we're, yeah. we're just working. So it's a very, yeah, it's a, it's a very cool app. Uh, just track numbers. So, uh, if you're posting this, I guess early. Yeah, I'll post not. it. I'll post it tonight, and then if you guys give me your bib numbers, I'll incorporate it into my Instagram post, and then, and then I'll well, I'll probably good. attach like uh, an App Store or Apple Store link so that people can download the app and just quickly put in y'all's bib numbers if they want to track you guys throughout the race. Um, and so, we'll try to do this over here. Um, I'm under Benjamin Madrigal, but my bib number is six zero three. Nice. Luis. Luis. Uh, Luis Elizalde is 1558. Luis Guess, that's based, that's yeah. based on time, yeah, I guess. Oh, well, yeah, we're, we're just numb to the fact that Benny's always got the lowest number by a lot. It's all good. <laughs> Maybe he'll come in 603rd place. Hopefully better. <laughs> <laughs> I think our, our goal, one of our goals is to all get a lower number in 2019. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to hold you all to that. Well, uh, yeah, once again, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show, you know, from Boston, Massachusetts, the team type one run 2018, um, you know, Boston running group. So thank you guys so much. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Hey guys, so that wraps up today's show. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. It's an incredible way to get fresh episodes delivered straight to your phone every week. If you think you or anyone you know would be a perfect interviewee for the show, make sure to reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Type One Run Podcast or at Type One Run Podcast.com. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Train hard, train happy, and leave no ones behind.